friends. Welcome to Listen Friend, the pop culture podcast where we share the opinions no one asked for. Everyone needs a friend who's loud about the things they love, and we are yours. I'm Britt. Amanda. We're Zooming again. Yay! <laughs> and we're talking about um, Santa today. So, <laughs> and like, I don't know what's going on this week, but I am like just drowning in the emotion ocean. So, mm-hmm gonna be great Mm -hmm. yeah um we did decide to do this so like um I guess we can go ahead and tell them like our podcast plans for um next year I can't tell if I'm looking at you or not. I know it's hard to know if I'm looking at you or myself or what is happening looking at your face on my screen but I don't think it's the same as looking at you (laughs) like yeah like the camera Uh uh-huh Okay, I'm looking at you right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at you. <laughs> okay, not I'm looking at each other. Okay, if I look at the camera, am I looking at you now? Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. So anyway, so we're still gonna do our like fun things that we do now, Normally. like the movies and the rankings and the games and stuff. But every once in a while, and this happened after we did our podcast rewatch of um the summer I turned pretty Mm -hmm. and how like we had such a fun time um like really diving deep into like emotional things and like the deeper subjects that came up while we were watching that and we started talking about how we wish we could do that more often um on here because we felt like it was like cathartic and like fun and we were good at it and um so we decided to do that so every once in a while in like our regular listen friend feed, we're going to have like a real talk episode um, mm-hmm. where we talk about things that are more serious or like, and obviously Santa Claus is not like a very serious subject, but it is to <laughs> us. So <laughs> this, this is our like inaugural real talk episode, but we're going to be talking about things like, hold on, I'm going to pull up the list that we talked about um body image female friendships uh we're gonna go deep on some like soulmate romantic like romantic relationship dating things uh alternate timelines and other lives and then uh things that break our hearts and love at first sight just fun stuff you know yeah, just, you know, light topics. <laughs> I mean, those are not the only things. Those are just some of them, but yeah. things to look forward to. They'll be, they'll come up every once in a while mm-hmm. in our regular stuff, but we're really excited about it. And I feel like it's going to be a good opportunity for people. I mean, most of the people who listen to our podcast already know us, but I feel like it's going to be a fun way to like for people to know us better or know different sides of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for mm-hmm. it. Uh, okay, before we go in do you have any news dick van dyke turned 97 yeah i messaged when i saw people magazines post about it his face popped up mm-hmm. i feed and i was like oh my gosh i got so scared and so i said got- it and i was like this scared me yeah, it scared me too bob barker turned 99 yep the golden globes came out the golden globe nominations came out mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure that there are other things on there that I'm glad about and and happy about but mainly that means for me that Austin Butler Elvis and Baz got like Elvis the movie Austin Butler for his performance and Baz for his direction got um nominations which is really all I cared about so yeah <gasps> Nick Carter I'm so upset mm-hmm. I'm I well I'm not gonna go in on it but I'm upset because um the Backstreet Boys Christmas special was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that is um upsetting for me personally because I was very much looking forward to it. Um so yeah, he's facing a lawsuit from a woman who claims that she was assaulted by him like more than 20 years ago. Um so we don't have to go in on it. Just know that as a result, ABC has canceled the Backstreet Boys Christmas special and I'm devastated. Yeah. I know you were very excited about that. I did not know that it was happening until you told me it was canceled. Yeah. Anything else? I feel like (laughs) 
For some reason, Instagram keeps suggesting the scene of Twilight where uh, Jacob Black says, Bella, where you been, loca? Like, they keep suggesting it to me. And I keep watching it um, because I love it. It's so funny. Let's see, I feel oh, like... I'm sorry, you go. No, you go. Um, People are like, causing a big ruckus about Austin Butler because he did some interview and when he was talking about like all the method acting stuff that he did to be able to play Elvis and it's like you know when Daniel Day-Lewis did this for Lincoln like you know 10 12 years ago whenever that was everyone was like method acting is so cool and that's amazing that they dedicate that much and blah 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 and they acted like it was the best thing ever but now that like Andrew Garfield and Austin Butler are doing it everyone's like oh my god like stop like you you know it's like they're saying like you don't need to do all that and I'm just annoyed because stop attacking the men that I love right well also I don't I don't understand what people don't understand right um you know like it is it's a technique in acting and I mean as long as you're not being um a jerk and like ridiculous then it's fine yeah I will say I think Jared Leto might be a little bit to blame for this and it's because first off I will fight anyone for that man like I will slap you with a brick if you got something to say about Jared but when Suicide Squad was new, they were like in an in a in an attempt to like make a big publicity buzz. They would tell like send out stories about him method acting and sending Margot Robbie like a rat and like Will Smith like a dead pig and stuff. But none of that actually happened. Yeah, he like sent like vegan donuts, but <laughs> everybody um. And I mean, it's Jared Leto, he's weird, so obviously he's going to be like, yeah, I sent that rap. But then, like, two like two years later, everybody's like, that. none of that happened. But people are like, well, I heard it once on the internet, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. And so now everybody, if they hear method acting, they're like, this is stupid, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Today, as we're recording this, is Taylor Swift's 33rd birthday. The lawsuit for Shake It Off got dropped. So she can now re-record 1989 whenever she's ready. And I did see on Instagram where she said she spent her um, 33rd birthday in the studio. So I feel like if you go back and watch the Bejeweled video, like it seems like she's hinting heavily that she's going to record, like re-release or re-record and then release Speak Now, like her version of Speak Now and then 1989. And then I I think she'll do Reputation and she'll end with her debut album. Because like, it's just like she and I are very dramatic in the same ways. And I feel like I would also end it by starting like end at the beginning mm-hmm. to like go full circle. And like the last thing I own is like my name because that's her self-titled album. Mm-hmm. I feel like she'll do that. Yeah. I agree. Hi. Do you have a, um, any more news or a recommendation? Uh, I don't think I have any more news. I'm scrolling through e-news now. I don't see anything else on e-news worth sharing. Um, recommendation? I don't know. Oh, uh, speaking of Taylor Swift, she's also, did you see where she's going to direct the movie? Mm-mm. Yeah, she's, Um, I don't know anything about it or who's going to be in it. That hasn't been released yet, but she is directing a movie. Her feature film director, directorial debut. Um, I bet you it's going to be a movie about her life. But, like, it's going to be, like, all too well, the short film, where it's, like, um, like a fictionalized version yeah. of her life. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I feel like that's what it's going to be. Recommendation. Um, I haven't really watched anything. I really enjoyed An Undercover Holiday on Hallmark. That was Stephen Hazar's movie. Um, other than that, I don't think I've watched anything. I, what did I watch that I really liked on Hallmark? Oh, I liked Rachel Boston and Victor Webster's cookie movie. Yeah, I liked that one too. I have mixed feelings. I think if you are at all interested in the Royals, then like watch it. I have mixed feelings. The first, well, let me talk about the the negative. The second two episodes are getting into things which obviously are horrible that they experienced. I just am so loyal to the queen <laughs> and the situation. Um 
that I just feel conflicted a little bit watching it. Like I don't, I believe that most of what, at least most, if not all of what they are saying occurred, occurred, but I also don't want it to be true. Um, And so that's kind of hard for me, but the part that I loved also the British media, like the media sucks everywhere, but the British media is truly really terrible, especially towards the monarchy people. Um, But let me alter that to say I love the Queen and I also love William and Kate. Um, So I don't want them to have ever done or said anything bad or wrong. Um, But also they're human. So, And then there is the part of me that gets annoyed because it's like, okay, Meghan and Harry, like y'all just attention seeking right now. But I also can understand them because there has been so much false reporting in the media. Like I can understand them wanting to like share their point of view and their opinion and give it an explanation for what why they have done the things they've done okay but the part that i loved and would recommend highly to like anyone is the first episode because the first episode is all about like them meeting and falling in love and the way that they speak about each other and the way they talk about like how things how they felt toward each other like when they first met is beautiful and precious and sweet and it's like what anyone would want I believe in a relationship like zero percent of me doubts like how much they love each other um and I don't think any of it is for show like I and I don't think that they would go through either of them would go through what they have gone through without like being incredibly in love with each other right so that part I would highly recommend. And then of course there's lots of stuff in there. That's kind of like the, his, his background and his trauma with his mom dying and all that kind of stuff, which I love. I'm or not love. Obviously I don't love that princess Diana died, but I'm fascinated by that whole situation. So um, it was super interesting and also precious. And I cried like the whole first episode because sad, but also so much like cute, sweet happiness. So. Yeah. I, um, I kind of forgot that was happening. We're very, mm-hmm. we fall on very different sides of the royal spectrum. Yes. A hundred percent. So I remember, I remember knowing that that was happening, but um, I didn't realize that it was already out and stuff. Oh, they are starting a Teen Wolf Rewatch podcast. So I'm excited about that. Holland Road is going to host it. So that's some news too. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go a little bit into like the history of Santa Claus. I'm straight up just going to be reading some stuff off the Santa Claus Wikipedia. And then we're going to talk about some like fun facts. And then we're going to go into like the emotional stuff. Oh, and we're going to talk about Santa and pop culture. And then we're going to go into some emotional stuff. Okay. So early representations of the gift giver from church history and folklore, especially St. Nicholas merged with the English character Father Christmas to create the mystical character known to the rest of the English-speaking world as Santa Claus, which is a phonetic deviation of Sinterklaas in Dutch. <laughs> um, there was an SNL skit, like, literally, like, 10, 10 or 12 years ago, where it was when Taylor Lautner hosted SNL, and he, it was, like, a Glee-based sketch, and mm-hmm. he played the foreign exchange student who was, like, from um, Denmark, Mm-hmm. And he, he keeps calling him Sinterklaas. And so, like, every time I say that, I think about um, him and that. That's funny. Yes. Okay. So, in the English and later British colonies of North America and later in the United States, British and Dutch versions of the gift giver merged further. For example, in Washington Irving's History of New York, which came out in 1809, Sinterklaas was anglicized into Santa Claus, a name first used in the U.S. press in 1773. But he lost his bishop's apparel and was at first pictured as thick-bellied as a thick-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe in a green winter coat. Irving's book was a parody of the Dutch culture of New York, and much of this portrait is his joking invention. Irving's interpretation of Santa Claus was part of a broader movement to tone down the increasingly wild Christmas celebrations of the era, which included aggressive home invasions under the guise of wassailing. What is wassailing? Wikipedia will tell us. Wassailing. 
the house visiting wassail i may be pronouncing it wrong um the practice of people going door to door and singing and offering a drink from yeah a drink from the wassail bowl so i guess they were like pretending to to do some wassailing and then they broke in and they're like give me all your stuff mm. so that substantial premarital sex leading to shotgun weddings in areas where the puritans waning in power and firmly opposed to christmas still held some influence <laughs> and public displays of sexual deviancy the celebrations of the area were derided of the era were derided by both upper class merchants and christian purists so that is like sort of the i quote unquote invention of santa up into like the santa as we know him now essentially mm-hmm. so he started off and i guess this is based heavily on like the saint nicholas um because saint nicholas was a real person and that's where right. like the idea of santa came from which is why he was originally like pictured in bishop's clothing mm-hmm. then um the dutch took it a step further and put him in like a dutch sailor's costume and then washington irving um kind of took that americanized it or anglicized it i guess and but he wasn't really in the santa like garb yeah like Mm -hmm. the red coat and with the fur trim and stuff Mm so let's see is any of this Okay, so in the 19th century, some modern ideas of Santa Claus seemingly became canon after the anonymous publication of the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, better known today as The Night Before Christmas. So, like, that's where we got our modern, um, I guess, idea or, like, characterization of Santa is from the poem, The Night Before Christmas, which I used to know by heart. Not so much anymore. Mm. So couple of people have claimed authorship but they've never been able to um identify the actual author so Hmm. as of right now it is still technically anonymously um authored so in that poem obviously we've all heard it saint nick is described as being chubby and plump a right jolly old elf with a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly in spite of which the miniature sleigh and tiny reindeer still indicate that he is physically diminutive the reindeer were also named what? Physically diminutive. Yeah, it means tiny. Yeah, I know. It's just funny oh, too. Oh, just making sure your face. No, I don't, no, I just don't think of Santa as tiny. No, I don't either. But in my brain, I'm like, he magically changes his size. Yes. Okay, so that is also when the reindeer got named. So we had Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, and originally, the last two were named Dunder and Blixum. Dunder and Blixum came from the old Dutch words for thunder and lightning. And then, then after a while, they were changed to the more German-sounding Donner and Blitzen. Mm-hmm. Okay, by, um, by 1845, Chris Kringle was a common variant of Santa in parts of the United States. A magazine article from 1853 describing American Christmas customs to British re- readers refers to children hanging up their stockings on Christmas Eve for a fabulous personage, 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 I can read, mm-hmm. whose name varies. In Pennsylvania, he is usually called Krish Kinkle. <laughs> Pennsylvania needs to get it together. <laughs> but in New York, he is St. Nicholas or Santa Claus. The author quotes Moore's poem in its entirety. So Moore's poem is the night before Christmas. That's who they're crediting it to. Um, saying that its descriptions apply to Chris Kinkle too. <laughs> Chris Kinkle. Oh, Kinkle. <laughs> okay, so um, as the years passed from there, Santa Claus evolved into a large, heavy-set person, and uh, one of the first artists to define Santa Claus's modern image was Thomas Nast. He was an American cartoonist of the 19th century, and he immortalized Santa Claus with an illustration in Harper's Weekly that came out in January of 1863 in which Santa was dressed in an American flag and had a puppet with the name Jeff written on it. <laughs> Somehow that has Civil War context, but I'm not educated enough to know why. Me neither. So in that cartoon, Santa is also in a sleigh pulled by reindeer. So as far as the story that Santa Claus lives at the North Pole, it seems that that may also have been 
a part of NAST's creation. His Christmas image in the Harper's issue dated for December 29th, 1866, was a collage of engravings titled Santa Claus and His Works. He also published a poem in, oh wait, a color collection of NAST pictures published in 1869, had a poem also titled Santa Claus and His Works by George P. Webster, who wrote that Santa Claus's home was near the North Pole in the ice and snow. The tale had become well-known by the 1870s, and a boy from Colorado writing to the children's magazine, The Nursery, in late 1874 said, if we did not live so very far from the North Pole, I should ask Santa Claus to bring me a donkey. 1874 for you. Okay, so the idea of a wife for Santa Claus may have been the creation of American authors beginning in the mid-19th century. In 1889, the poet Catherine Lee Bates sounds like Kathy Bates. That's what I was going to say, Kathy Bates. All right, girl. She, I would believe that Kathy Bates was like immortal. Same. So she popularized Mrs. Claus in the poem Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride is there a Santa Claus? Is the, oh, wait, that's, mm -mm, we're going to redo that. Punctuation is important. (laughs) (laughs) She popularized the idea of Mrs. Claus in her poem, Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride. And then, is there a Santa Claus is the title of an iconic editorial in the 21st, Wikipedia is handing me these British (laughs) dates, in the September 21st, 1897 edition of the New York Sun, that became the most reprinted in the U.S. and included the famous reply, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, which I will be reading in this episode and probably crying through. Yep. So pretty much Santa, as we know him today, his history, his like all of the things we know about him, like Mrs. Claus, the reindeer, the North Pole, that all got kind of created and circulated in the 19th century. So in the 20th century, that's when we started seeing like people dress as Santa Claus and like, you know, the Salvation Army, like standing on the bill. There's a picture in the Wikipedia of a man dressed as Santa fundraising for Volunteers of America on the sidewalk in Chicago. And he's like wearing a mask with a beard, like a mask with a beard attached. So L. Frank Baum, who wrote The Wizard of Oz, had a children's book right that's right Mm. okay in my brain i was like that's not his name he wrote a children's book titled the life and adventures of santa claus published in 1902 and at that point much of santa claus's mythos was not firmly established at this point like in that the life and adventures of santa claus that l frank Baum wrote um Santa Claus's immortality was earned, much like his title, decided by a vote of those naturally immortal. So basically a whole big like Herculean tale of like how Santa Claus came to be. I don't think based on what I'm reading and what I know of Santa, I don't believe any of um, that stuck. No. So, um, okay. So early in the 20th century, images of Santa Claus were conveyed through Haddon Sundblom's depiction of him for the Coca-Cola company's Christmas advertising starting in the 1930s. That's still being used. And that is probably where you get your most iconic depictions of Santa. Um, Mm -hmm. That image spawned urban legends that Santa Claus was invented by the Coca-Cola company or that Santa wears red and white because they are the colors used to promote the Coca-Cola brand. I feel like uh, Coca-Cola just saw an opportunity and took it. So a lot of people try to say that Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus because he has the same color scheme, but obviously that's not true. I wish that was true because even more reason to love Coke than I already love (laughs) Pepsi has actually also used um, like similar Santa paintings in their advertisements in the 40s and 50s. Don't care. And Coke wasn't even the first soft drink company to use Santa in advertising um, white rock beverages. Used it in um, 1915 and again in 1923 for ginger ale. Well, Coke did it best. <laughs> <laughs> Coke has done it iconically. Yeah. Like, Coke has done it forever and ever. So, and this, I guess that's why a lot of people think that. Mm-hmm. So, the image or the idea of Santa as a benevolent character um, became reinforced when he was his, his association with the Salvation Army. Mm. Uh, volunteers would dress as him 
at fundraising events and like while they rang the bells and stuff. I feel like I've said all of this. I'll edit around it. Okay. Uh, in 1937, Charles w. w. Howard, who played Santa in department stores and parades, established the Charles W. Howard Santa School, which is the oldest continuously run school in the world for Santa Cute. impersonators. Yes. So, also in the early 20th century, there were a lot of um, depictions of Santa, like, personally making his toys in a small workshop, like, as if he were a craftsman. And eventually, sometime in the 20th century, the idea emerged that he had numerous elves responsible for making the toys. But the toys have always been, like, handmade mm -hmm. in the workshop. Yeah. Now, obviously, like, you can't, you can't hand make a Furby. Right. So, I wonder, like, I, I never thought about it, but, like, what's the, do the elves go shopping now? Like, I think that in my brain, because, like, I had a Furby that Santa brought me when I was little. But, like, things like that, I, I just didn't, I don't think I really thought about how the toys got made. Yeah. It was just Santa brought them to me. But I didn't think about and how my, he obtained them, you know? Because my, my parents always told me, because, like, we would see department store Santas, and I'd be like, is that the real Santa? And my parents would be like, mm. And, because then you go to another department store, and it's a totally different yeah. looking Santa, and you're like, is that the real Santa? Mm -hmm. And my parents were like, no, those are like the elves. And they, he can't be everywhere because yeah. he's so busy. Right, yeah. So um, he sends, like, there's like a special division. And so in my brain, I'm like, they do the shopping and they come back with the stuff. And then mm -hmm. he gets ready and he delivers. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, I don't think I ever have to ask my mom. I don't think I even asked her about all the Santas that we would see. Yeah. Like, I think that I genuinely, I definitely the one that came to our kindergarten breakfast with Santa, mm -hmm. that, like, that was the first time I was not, like, crying afraid of right. Santa. There was no doubt. Like, I, I never questioned if mm -hmm. that one was the real Santa. Yeah. I don't know if I questioned it at, like, the mall Santas or not. Yeah. I would think. And but I, I don't, don't think know if I, I asked. I don't think I ever questioned them being, like... Like, it wasn't, like, a me being, like, that Santa doesn't look like that Santa, so Santa must not be real. Like, I think my mom... And dad were just like anticipating, yeah. like, so they that just being went a, ahead a part and, like, of figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they just built upon the lore, and um, I like that. Yeah, and so I was just like, yeah, no, that makes total sense. <laughs> it does, honestly. <laughs> so, um, okay, so finally, here we are in the 50s, um, and the popular song, Mrs. Santa Claus, which is by George, I think that's Melacrino, I might be pronouncing that wrong. And then the 1963 children's book, How Mrs. Santa Claus Saved Christmas, which is by Phyllis McGinley, hmm. helped standardize and establish the character and role of Mrs. Claus in the U.S. So, add that to our list of things from mm -hmm. last week. Mm -hmm. Okay, so other modern additions to the story of Santa include Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from the Claymation, mm -hmm. which is the ninth and lead reindeer created in 1939. Oh, I forgot there was a song before there was a yeah. movie. So, the ninth and lead reindeer created in 1939 and immortalized in the 1949 song by Gene Autry. So, that is the history of Santa as we know him. I don't think we've really built anything else since the 50s. Um, mm -hmm. But that's still really cool. For sure. And I like how we, like, built it and we're like, alright, this, this is, is it. it is established. Mm -hmm. um, so, as far as, like, Santa in pop culture goes... Um, in 1912, actor Liedem Bantock became the first actor to be identified as having played Santa Claus in a film, which was called Santa Claus, and oh. he also directed it. Um, since then, many feature films have featured Santa Claus as a protagonist, including Miracle on 34th Street, The Santa Claus and the Elf. Santa has been voiced by several people, including Stan Francis, Mickey Rooney, my favorite, mm -hmm. Ed Asner, John Goodman, and Keith Wickham. And, um, let's see if I can read this without crying. <laughs> Santa has been described as a positive male culture, cultural icon. TV producer Jonathan Meath, who portrays Santa, I don't know in what, but in 2011 said, Santa is really the only cultural icon we have who's male, does not carry a gun, and is all about peace, joy, giving, and caring for other people. That's part of the magic for me, especially in a culture where we've become so commercialized 
and hooked into manufactured icons. Santa is much more organic, integral, connected to the past, and therefore connected to the future. Sweet. Right? This may be something that you were gonna ask, mm -hmm. but do you have like a favorite pop culture Santa? Okay, so favorite Santa in pop culture. I really love Santa in Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, yeah. Mostly because I love Mickey Rooney. Also, I don't care what anybody says, that Santa is a snack. <laughs> um, For sure. Truly. Um, I feel like Ed Asner has played him. I mean, he played him in Elf. I love I love that. Yeah. Andy Griffith has played him. Um, loved that. Um, I don't. I just don't think you can really beat Mickey Rooney. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, Edmund Gwynn from Miracle on the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. I like both of those. Yeah. Um. Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street Santas. Yes. Um, there are, there is an impressive number of, like, portrayals, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think you can top, to me, like, Mickey Rooney is Santa. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people think that about Ed Asner. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I mean, and I guess, to some degree, like, Tom Hanks in The Polar Express is also pretty fantastic. Yeah. That's a like a big Santa moment that makes me cry. Mm -hmm. So, what about you? The, the Miracle, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, Street Santas, yeah, both of them. So, I don't know. I feel like there are the defining like Santas, and then there are like the lesser known Santas. Like, did you ever see Arthur Christmas? No. It is. I took my cousins to see it. It was long and it was boring. But and it's animated, but Bill Nighy plays um Bill Nighy. But like my brain heard Bill Nye. Oh <laughs> Um He plays like he's the voice of Santa and he's got a smooth voice, so he's a fun one. Um John Goodman played Santa in something some like special little Rudolph offset movie i think what's that christmas chronicles movie oh with kurt russell yeah yeah i think it's straight up called it's either called christmas chronicles or like the santa chronicles or something okay but um speaking of a snack right that's a that's a i can't find a way to make um <laughs> santa's name and just like i'm not gonna call him snack claws that sounds <laughs> stupid so does sexy claws Please don't call him sexy claws. Um, I don't care about any of the, um, sorry, the Tim Allen movies, except for I do like the first one. I, totally, I wish that they had left it at that one and yeah. then let it die. I totally even, I just phew, totally forgot about Tim Allen yeah. for a second. Yeah. I love Tim Allen. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, the, you know, I did not like anything that was like. I didn't like the Santa Claus when I was younger because he killed Santa and that really upset me and like traumatized me. Yes. So um, I have never really like gone back and super watched them. I mean, I've seen them, but I was like, they were on while I was doing like three other things, you know? So I've never yes. really watched them, but um, I do, that is, that's an iconic Santa that I totally didn't even think about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of any others that are like standing out I imagine like <laughs> this is just my opinion but you know how there are some people like Austin Butler recently like it is intimidating to take on the role of Elvis yeah or like um what's in it like uh um Rami Malek and like it's intimidating to try to be Freddie Mercury right I feel like that had like to me it would be it should be intimidating to take on the role of Santa Claus because, like, you really... That's when I feel like you really need That'll to get it right. Too, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Friend, are you ready to talk about why we love Santa Claus and why this traumatized us so much? <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do we even start? I don't know. 
I don't know. Let Okay, let's start. I'll start by reading the Dear Virginia or Yes, Virginia or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, and then I'll read that one that's like the letter yes. explaining. And like then maybe we will be able to break it down from yeah. there. This is in 1897 in the New York Sun. A little girl named Virginia O'Hanlon wrote in and said, Dear Editor, <clears throat> Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there Santa Claus? Signed, Virginia O'Hanlon. And Francis B. Church, who was the editor of the New York Sun at the time, responded with, like, some good stuff and said, Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of, of a skeptical age. They do not believe except they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant, and his intellect is compared with the boundless world around him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist, and you know that they abound and give to your life as its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would be... I forgot how to read... Alas, how dreary would be the world if there was if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus? You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch in all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to watch, to catch Santa Claus. But even if you did not see Santa Claus coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor man can see. Did you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not, but that's no proof that they are not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders there are unseen and unseeable in the world. You tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside, but there is a veil covering the unseen world which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the super, supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Virginia, in all this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus? Thank God. He lives and lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten times ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. So sweet. Isn't it? We both made it through it better this year than we did last year. We did. Year. Last year, we were like sobbing. sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Your yeah. turn. Um, so, I pulled up this letter. I'm pretty sure that my sister... Um, gave the first time I saw this was because my sister showed it to me and my parents because she was talking about telling her kids about Santa and that they were going to be so upset because they like believed and loved him so hard <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah I think it's either this letter or if it's not this exact one it's very similar um, so yeah I'm going to probably just like try to dissociate and, <laughs> and read this real quick <laughs> Without um, sobbing my face off. Here we go. Um, so it says, dear so-and-so, whoever the child is, um, you asked a really good question. Are mom and dad actually Santa? We know that you want to know the answer, and we had to give it careful thought to know just what to say. The answer is no. We are not Santa. There is no one single Santa. Already struggling. <laughs> uh, we are the people who fill your stocking and choose and wrap the presents under the tree just as our parents did for us and their parents did for them and you will do for your kids one, one day. This could never make any of us Santa, though. Santa is lots and lots of people who keep the spirit of Christmas alive. He lives in our hearts, not at the North Pole. Sheesh. <laughs> Santa is the magic and love and spirit of giving to others. What he does is teach children to believe in something they can't see or touch. Throughout your life, you will need... To you will need this capacity to believe in yourself, in your family, in your friends, and in God. 
Um, you'll need to be able to believe in things you can't measure or hold in your hands. Now you know the secret of how he gets down all those chimneys on Christmas Eve. He has help from all the people whose hearts he has filled with joy. With full hearts, people like Mom and Dad take our turns helping Santa do a job that would otherwise be impossible. So no, we are not Santa. Santa is love and magic and hope and happiness. We are on his team, and now you are too. We love you, and we always will. Love, Mom and Dad. Are you all right? Yep. <laughs> just, just brimming. Yes. They're there. I see them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the problem is, like, in the Virginia letter, like, he keeps talking about, like, childlike, like, what happens to us if, um, how dreary would be the world if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. Mm-hmm. I had to stop and disassociate for a Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to go astral project somewhere else because that's really, like... I mean, depending on how you find out, like, that is truly the, like, the last, like, bit of magic I think we get to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Because, like, once that gets taken from you, like, I think the rest of it does, too. Yeah. Are your... Are your brothers, like, as attached to Santa as you are? Like Probably right? not. Nobody's attached to anything the way I am. <laughs> but are they, like, to their maximum capacity attached to Santa? What do you mean? Like, how we are to our maximum capacity attached oh. to Santa? Like, your capacity for attachment might be higher than theirs, you know? Yeah, well, my capacity for attachment <laughs> is higher than most. <laughs> um, I, I know they love him. I know, like, I don't think that they... Because, you know, the problem with me is that, like, I have gone the... I've done the extra work to think about things all the way through. Like, yeah. I don't know that for Drew and Will, it would be that they have, like, ever, like, sat down and been like, wow. Like, things really are, like, kind of downhill. Like, as far yeah. as magic and wonder go. Yeah. Things are really downhill once you find out about Sam. And I'm like, yeah. wow, that really is, the, like, the gateway disappointment. Like, I don't think they've thought about that. But, like, do they love the idea? Will they do it with their kids? Of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, to the to their capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they would ever, like, you know, like, they're not glad he's not real. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. I, I don't know. I just don't think they're as affected as me. Yeah. But, you know. Most people aren't. That's why I have you. Do you know um, how old they were when they, like, and how, also, I don't know how old you were. I made it all the way to the fourth grade. Listen, I was, like, fifth or sixth. I'm yeah. sure. And, and like, it was really the Easter Bunny. I asked about the Easter Bunny first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then Mom was like, yeah, no. Yeah. And I was like, so does that mean Santa isn't real either? And she was like, we were driving uh, in the car on the way to church. Ugh. <laughs> Mine, this little bitch in the fourth grade, <laughs> like, she was always, like, like all the way up to third grade, she was, like, Santa's biggest fan with me, and then I guess she found out he wasn't real, and so she decided to ruin my life, too, mm-hmm. and she was mean about it, and to this day, I won't accept her friend request on Facebook. You shouldn't. I, I won't, and if she ever asks me, like, if I see her in person or something, she asks me, I'm gonna be like, no. Because your punk ass told me about Santa in the fourth grade, and I've been messed up ever since. (laughs) So, what did did you, like, go home and talk to your parents? Yeah, my parents, like, tried to keep me, like, hanging on for real, for real, for longer. But I was like, that's also the problem with me is, like, I know when people are lying to me. Yeah. So, and I have always. And so, I was like, they're lying. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I'm very anxious, so, of course, Mm -hmm. I would not let it go, and I, like, worried about it, and, like all the time yeah so like christmas stopped being fun for me Mm -hmm. um and like christmas is still not super fun to me like i love christmas Mm -hmm. but now i'm just like all right fine i mean like i love jesus i'm glad he came and outside of that i'm like cool presents but yeah like yeah I, i mean other than that i'm just like meh yeah um but they like tried to keep it going and then when i was in the seventh grade my mom was like Hey, I just want you to know, like, that's not a thing. And I was like, yeah, I know. Thanks. I don't know how old Drew or Will were, though. But I, some. (laughs) Like, did Drew know and, like, still kept it a secret? Yeah, Drew kept it a secret. Of course he did. And I kept it a secret from Will for as long as he could. And we, like, 
all like because you know I have cousins that we grew up like siblings like we um <laughs> kept it what <laughs> I'm crying about them keeping it a secret y'all keeping it a secret oh yeah we did except <laughs> Jesse was so relieved when she found out he wasn't real because she was terrified she was like <laughs> she's like oh thank god she she was like i just she's like i know y'all are all about this magic or whatever but all i knew was there was a man in my house and he came to watch me sleep <laughs> and i was like when you think about it it's creepy <laughs> it is creepy oh man but yes we all it was all a secret now obviously like morgan is night 18 19 so like she knows but like we do have this like unspoken thing of like we just won't say that he's not real mm-hmm Cause like, where is the fun in that? But it was hard. And uh, somebody told Drew at church and I know cause my mom like still to this day <laughs> <laughs> refers to that girl as the bitch who told Drew about Santa. <laughs> cause my mom, like she told me, uh, this was years ago, but she told me, she was like, Drew was upset. So I guess maybe he did at his max capacity care. Yeah. And I think he was in the fourth or fifth grade too, but, um, yeah, my mom does not like that little girl. I'm sure she doesn't <laughs> she like shouldn't. the girl who told me either. She shouldn't. Um, but yeah, it was rough times. Like I just, I don't know. I think it's important because it's, um, I don't know. I just think they're like. I think you should hold on to any bit of magic you can. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like that's the simplest, best, most um, like true to life. Because, like, I mean, I know the Virginia letter mentions, like, fairies, but, like, fairies, mermaids, unicorns, like, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like, that doesn't do anything for you, and they're not real. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, hold on to that magic if you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but, like, there's just something very um, honest and very human and very Christ-like in the ways that Santa operates. Yeah. And the things that Santa stands for. Yeah. I have to not look at you right now so that we both don't <laughs> um, that just I stare at the floor. <laughs> yeah, that I think you should aspire to. Like, yeah. I just don't. There are, like, aside from Jesus, there are, like, a few people that I think you should really try to, like, emulate. Mm-hmm. And... I can only think of two, like, right off the top of my head right now. One of them is Mr. Rogers. Yeah. The other is Santa Claus. Yeah. Both of which make me sob. Right. And so, I don't know. Can we do an episode about Mr. Rogers one day? Yeah, girl. I love him. Um, Did y'all, I thought of this a minute ago. This was something I know they did on the news channel that we watched at home. Did they, on your news channel, do, like, on Christmas Eve where they would, like, track Santa or whatever? Mm -hmm. Like love that. If it's on the news, how is it not real? NORAD <laughs> tracks Santa. Yeah, you know? like yes. we used to get on the computer and we would be like, "Where is he now?" Yeah, and then that's like we, because we, my family's close, and we would go to um, our grandparents on Christmas Eve and do dinner and stuff, and so we would all be. Um, together and like on their computer in their computer room Mm -hmm. tracking him and he would like hit new york and we'd be like we gotta go yeah we gotta go our parents are like still talking Uh like shut it down it's time to go (laughs) but like let me tell you about celeste she used to use santa as a bargaining chip a hundred percent like on christmas eve she'd be like you better clean your room because if he sees a nasty room he's not leaving anything (laughs) and like that's kind of messed up (laughs) okay now that i'm thinking about it like it is what it is Hmm. but yeah those are the best times there was something i would get on the computer and you could like type in your name or something was it the naughty and nice yes yes girl i found it the other day and i checked and you made the nice list thank you so much for checking for me yeah girl i've checked for you first And like, I checked me, Brittany made the nice list, but Britt made the naughty list. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that speaks to my two personalities. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Amanda made the nice list, but Mandy made the naughty list. I don't know. Let me go check. Put in JoJo. See about her. They had a lot of names on there. I don't know if I've referenced this on the podcast, but I go. There's at least those three names of mine. That I'm pretty people sure. Call me Amanda, Mandy, and JoJo. That's yeah. why I was. I was not I, just naming random people. Think, <laughs> I think you've mentioned it before, but I could be wrong. 
Mandy also made the nice list. Oh, good. And JoJo made the nice list. Nice all around. Look at you go. So, just in closing, two things. Uh, Santa represents the best that humanity has to offer. The idea that we can give so freely to strangers, to those who can never return the favor, to those to those we don't the to those who don't deserve it. He represents innocence and wonder, magic and mysticism, goodness and hope. Most importantly, Santa gives us a reason to hope for better, to find magic in the mundane, to give the best parts of ourselves and remind us that underneath the minuscule things that make us different, there are thousands of things that remind us we're really all the same. Mm-hmm. And then to really close us out, this is by a writer named Roy Dupree, and it's called Maybe Santa Claus Does Exist After All. A little boy asked me if I had ever seen Santa Claus, and I told him no. I told him I, never, I had never seen the wind either, but it was there, because I had seen it move the grass and bend the trees. I told him if I closed my eyes, I could not see the sun, but I knew it was there because I could feel its warmth on my face. I told him I never had seen an idea, but I know it, ideas exist because ideas are what men live by. Some people say that Santa Claus is just an idea, but what a wonderful idea he is. What a wonderful idea it is to make little children happy. What a wonderful idea to bring families together to worship our Lord and to live in peace. Well, maybe, just maybe, I have seen Santa Claus after all. Sweet. Yeah. I'm proud of us. Same. I think that we both just like heavily disassociated. We did. I was not here. That's... <laughs> I, my body was here. Yeah. My mind was elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. So, this will be out at some point, and then a few days after it comes out... <laughs> Another one. Our... Uh, this should be our season finale, right? Our next episode? I think so, yeah. Okay, so our next episode, we're just going to review three Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we're pumped about it. Should be out... Um, that one might actually come out on Christmas Day. I think so. And then I we'll be that too. done for the year, and then... Um, and then it'll be a new season in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, Merry Almost Christmas, everybody. Like, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things you're supposed to do. Don't be rude about it. That's some naughty list crap. Don't be ruining Santa for any little kids. I, if I, I will Liam Neeson it. If you ruin Santa for some kids, I will find you. I have a very particular set of skills. Whatever else it is he says. Um, okay. And I will kill you. Well, I probably won't kill you because, you know, I don't know. The FBI might be listening. But um, I will steal all your parking spots when you think that you um, are going to get a good one. I will disconnect your Wi-Fi so that you never have good service. I will slash your tires when you're in a hurry. I will make sure all the lights turn red when you have to poop in the car. And um, <laughs> um who was there was somebody that I was like wishing a lifetime of inconvenience on and I was like just going off. Oh yeah. Was it Julie? It was Julie. It, it was Julie. Oh. I'll probably swing through and get her after I'm done getting y'all. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't remember what all I said, but like it 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 won't be good. Yeah, it won't be. <laughs> okay, okay friends. cool. All right, Mary Almost Christmas. Bye. Bye.